Thank you to those of you who are joining us on our online church and to those of you who made it out this morning. My name is Nathan Zieber. I'm the pastor of Young Adults here at Calvary Community Church. On our far right is Pastor OJ, head pastor of our church here at Calvary. And then, as you know, Pastor Doug. I'm by far the best looking of the group. <laughs> they're, the, they're the older ones. So if any of you saw me on my phone all message, it's because I was taking notes and writing up questions. I wasn't just sitting there texting because I was disinterested. But Pastor Doug, thank you for your message today. What I think is a very timely message in terms of peace and how to address peace in our personal lives and how to bring that, that peace into the world around us. Starting with you, you mentioned that the enemy is inspiring demonic agendas in people and people are blinded by this, they're deceived by this, and, and without getting into politics, how do you pray for governments and leaders that you may think be bringing forth some of those agendas, but you're not quite sure? How do you pray for people in authority with that in mind? Sure. We, we know that we have a God who is the ultimate God of justice, the ultimate God of righteousness. We also know that nothing catches God by surprise. And the Bible is clear that God raises up certain rulers and he brings down certain rulers. And it all has to do with his overall plans and purposes. And so oftentimes, um, you know, we may be thinking things are this way or that way, but ultimately God knows what a nation needs to turn that nation back to God. And so the best thing we can do is, is pray for our, our leaders that they have wisdom and um, also pray that God's will is done in terms of raising up rulers and bringing down rulers for his purposes and to uh, bring people back to, to Jesus Christ and to provide an atmosphere where, where people can, can turn to Christ. I think that's very true. I've heard stories from each one of the pastors who have talked about our member of parliament and other city leaders and provincial leaders where you've let them know you're praying for them and how much they appreciate it, whether they're believers or not. So that's another way I think we can really encourage those leaders, whether we agree with their policy or legislation, is just by letting them know, you know, we're praying for you. We believe God has a calling on your life and we appreciate all the hard work you're you're putting in. Pastor OJ, did you want to add anything to well, that? I, I think Doug said it well. By the way, that was a fabulous message. Oh, thank it's, you. It was very good. I think he deserves a hand for that. You know. uh, righteousness exalts a nation. Yeah. So we need yeah. to be praying for God's righteousness right. to continue yeah. to come. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Thank you. Our next question is from Facebook. It says, sometimes I think people don't understand that prayers don't need to be fancy, that a pastor isn't the only person with authority. Could you please address this for people who are new to spiritual warfare? And before you answer, we've got a number similar question that was texted in that said, sometimes I think people think they have to pray a special prayer or that only a pastor has authority for spiritual warfare. Can you address that? Does that mean people have to pray a prayer in Latin or recite a specific incantation? What does that look like for, sure. for people that aren't pastors or laymen? Sure, a couple, couple quick points to this, parts to this. 
the word of God that says that Jesus is seated in heaven, uh, that says that Christ is uh, seated in heavenly places far above all principalities and powers, and he's been given all that authority, and then it goes on to say that we also are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So conversely, we have that same power and authority that's been given to him, has been given to the church, has been given to individuals. And it's nothing fancy. It's simple. The, the Bible says that God cares about every detail of our lives. And I remember many times sitting down on my bed as if Jesus was right there beside me and saying, God, man, here are the situations I'm facing in my life. And and I just need your help with these. And, and many times it's just that honesty and transparency before God. But it's also realizing, as we saw in the movie clip, that we have power and authority in the name of Jesus. We've been given powerful weapons, and we just have to step out sometimes in faith and, and use those weapons. Awesome. Pastor Jane, in your experience as head pastor, as you've worked with people over the years, people that are new believers to people that have been saved for a long time, what are some of the pieces of advice that you've given them in order to engage with the things they're going through in their life on a, on a personal level? Yeah, again, I would just say your prayers are just as effective as any of ours, Amen. Uh, whether, whether you're a new believer or whether you're a seasoned pastor. I just really want us to catch that. The pastor doesn't have this special place before God. We all stand before God and on a level ground. Uh, my encouragement is to let the Holy Spirit lead you as you pray. Mm -hmm. um, you have not because you ask it miss is what scripture says. We're asking for the wrong things. So we need to bring our heart to the place where our heart is lining up with God and what he's doing on the earth right now. And we, use, we need to say, God, what are you doing in this situation right now? I want to join you in that. And then we're praying in his will. And then our uh, prayers will be powerful and effective. Because uh, uh, James says Elijah was a guy like just like us. But he, and he prayed for rain and it did uh, that it wouldn't rain, it didn't rain, then he prayed for rain, it did rain, but he was a man just like us. So we pray in faith, led by the Spirit, and there's also a verse that says the Spirit within us makes groanings and intercessions. Mm -hmm. And uh, just getting that place where we're connecting in the Spirit with what God is wanting to do. That's where I encourage us to go in prayer. But forget the fancy words. Mm -hmm. I'd say sometimes pastors with their uh, religious jargon can actually destroy prayer. Mm -hmm. Right. I just, I, if I could. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just wanna, Further to that, I think what Pastor O.J. said so key about partnering with God, that God does things on earth here by partnering with human beings, by partnering with ordinary people like you and I. And when we partner with God, our will becomes God's will, God's will becomes our will, and it becomes this beautiful machine that just flows together as we, as we pray what, what God wants. And it even says, then God gives us the desires of our hearts because our heart's desire is in line with what God's desire is, and it works beautifully together. So, yeah, that was yeah. awesome. I think, Doug and Nathan, part of that involves us dying to ourself mm -hmm. and our own agenda. Yeah. Because quite often we come in prayer with our agenda, with what we think we want, what should happen, what God should do. Mm -hmm. But we need to die to ourselves and tie into his agenda. 
I think what both of you have addressed is very practical, right? Prayer is very much a conversation between us and God. It's not just this religious ceremony where we're trying to appease this being. It's like us talking right here. And that's where we're really able to discover uh, God's word, his will in that situation. And I, I think this is a perfect segue into the next question, which, Pastor Doug, I hope you address first and then Pastor OJ afterwards. But you referenced your wife my mom who has her binders full of these verses and inspiring images Mm -hmm. and studies and commentary as a way to engage with spiritual warfare on a practical level but we know it has a profound impact in the spiritual realm what are some of the ways you have that are practical in your life besides highlighting verses in your bible do you keep uh, saved copies of quotes on your phone? Do you print out pieces of paper with verses on them and, and uh, explanation behind them? What are some of those ways you, you engage with warfare? Um, just to, to answer that, but I'll just take a little bit of a roundabout path there. When we look at the model of Jesus and when the enemy attacked Jesus, when Satan directly came to Jesus, to tempt him and to cause him to fall and to, to cause him to stumble. Jesus did not reason with him and come up with the best argument he could think of and get this long, drawn-out discussion. Jesus simply quoted the word of God, mm-hmm. simply said it is written and quoted the word of God. So our most powerful weapon is the word of God and the promises in in God's word because God is always true and his word is always true and it never returns back to us without having been effective. And so my most powerful way of, of praying is always praying with in line with God's word and in line with God's promises. And uh, I, I think that's the best way. And like I said, my wife has her different binders for the for children, for grandchildren, for all these different things. And and it serves to remind her that she prays through what God has said about these different situations. And I think it's incredibly effective. I wish I was that organized and that that uh, discipline, but um, I'm so thankful she is. And with you, Pastor OJ, I know there's times where you've printed off a verse and left it on my desk as an encouragement or inspiration. What are some of the ways you practically engage with with scripture and and spiritual warfare? Yeah, I think uh, being in scripture regularly helps us continue to connect with truth. Mm -hmm. So I would say being in scripture regularly, also connecting in conversation with your spouse and in prayer. Barb and I pray together every day, and uh, you're getting the gifting of of both uh, the husband and wife together in prayer that way. Um, And then I think the other one is listening. Mm-hmm. Listening to the Holy Spirit and try, you know, saying, I want to join you in what you're saying and doing. Um, the enemy's a deceiver, and sometimes we have to break through. We can't hear him because of the distractions and the noise he's making. Mm-hmm. So we got to get rid of that noise and distraction. And that, I think, comes best through the word mm-hmm. and through, uh, you know, just the place of quietness and also conversation with a trusted uh, Christ follower. Yeah, and just to expand on that, uh, a tool that's been very useful in my life is when I'm going through something to look up testimonies of somebody who's come through that because it, it shows me how God has worked in that area of their life and how he can work 
in that area in my life. And I'll listen to those testimonies over and over and over again. And they can just be a, a real filler in a time of drought or a real uh, replenishing of my faith because I've seen God move in their life. If I, if I could, yeah. Pastor Nathan, as well, just to encourage um, parents with young children, the other thing that, that we did, not only did Tina pray with them every morning before they went to school and they prayed the Word of God, they prayed the armor of God and Psalms 91, our kids, it was the funniest thing, they each had their little Fisher-Price tape recorders that they would carry around with them, and they always had the Word of God playing. So whether it was a little more subtle through Adventures in Odyssey or, or Veggie Tales or whatever, there was always the Word of God. They would go to sleep listening to their cassette tapes after we prayed with them that had the Word of God. It was always reinforcing those things, and I can't say enough for parents that always have the Word of God. Yeah, you can sit your kids, kids on Netflix and they can watch all kinds of stuff that, that is just really just kind of general stuff, and it's probably okay, but you can also be intentional, intentional and, and play stuff um, that is very godly and keeps the Word of God in front of them and keeps uh, those verses uh, in front of them. Right now, media has excellent children's programs, like hundreds of children's programs that are based on the Bible and the Word of God. Actually, Adventures in Odyssey is on right now, media. It's really funny watching through them with my son, and my wife will hear me quote certain parts, and she'll laugh at me, because I remember them from when I was, when I was little, and my, my son loves the bright colors and the music, and so it's something we've been trying to do in his life. But our next question is, what are some examples of spiritual warfare that you have experienced personally? And just to, to make that a bit more specific, what are some examples you've experienced in your personal lives, some examples you've experienced on the job? And it might be tough to think of some on the spot because it's been decades of experiences over time. But Yeah, I um, just really quickly, there was, there was a time when, when I'd been up in Fort McMurray for, for a couple of years and we knew it was time for me to come home because the kids really needed that input. They were becoming teenagers and stuff. And but there were several things that had to fall into place and, and they had to fall perfectly into place. And so I just went to God and I said, God, you care about these details of, of our lives. And, and God, you order my steps and you care about my children. You care about my family. And, and, and God, I'm just bringing these things to you. And and I tell you what, all three of those things lined up perfectly for me, even though at the last minute it looked like I was going to be stuck in Fort McMurray for another two years. They all fell into place, and I came back because I kept saying, God, I trust you that you're in charge of this situation. I trust you that you care about my life, my family, my children, and, and it would, was amazing how that those things broke through. And... and um, my wife and I, as you know, growing up, we had many examples of God's provision where we had a dollar to go put gas in the gas tank, and then all of a sudden God provided. And time after time, um, it was we had examples of where things looked dark and discouraging, but God came through every time. And just before you answer, Pastor OJ, I, th I think you drew 
uh, a great point from that where spiritual warfare, when it comes to the minds of a lot of people, think it's it's shadows or it's uh, possession or oppression, which it definitely can be. But the point in the light you've cast there is that spiritual warfare can look like the amount of time you're invest, you need to invest into your family, a, a healthy relationship with a loved one or with your spouse, and what that looks like to go to war for that relationship. And you bring up a good point, Nathan. There was a time when you were just a young baby and you were super sick, and for about five days, they were, it was on the verge of having to hospitalize you, and they were very concerned. And that night, your mother and I, we went into your room while you were asleep, and we went to war. We went to battle, and we prayed over you, and we, I mean, it was, I don't know, a good half an hour, an hour, until we felt something break, and the next morning, you were completely well, and you didn't have to go to the hospital, so. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, uh, maybe rather than pick specific examples, I want to give another uh, principle. I found over the years, spiritual warfare comes like a wave. It, it, it comes, it builds, it hits you. If you can take the authority and stand in that wave, it's going to subside again. And uh, so you'll be able to move on uh, forward in the next thing. But I think we're always in some level of warfare. Sometimes we spot it, sometimes we don't. And here's the thing I want us all to catch. Any one of us can kick the ball the wrong direction and think we're doing God the favor, but we're actually kicking the ball the wrong direction and we're supporting the enemy's cause. So that's why the scripture says we need to be alert. We need to be alert uh, because uh, we can end up playing for the wrong side without even realizing it. And just as an example, during this this time of COVID, something us tech guys have experienced with the sound booth and the internet is times of unprecedented issues or hiccups in technology. And we've had to consciously sit down and go, you know what, we're going to pray about this. We're going to pray before the service. We're not going to take this out on each other because it's really, it's really tempting to take it out on each other and blame each other for the issue. And just being able to see the Holy Spirit and God smooth it out so that stuff starts to work or that God brings peace from that situation. It's been a, it's a huge learning curve in a lot of ways, but that's an example of spiritual warfare our team has, has faced recently. But our next question is, is something I want you to just unpack a bit more. Uh, you referenced the, the summary of peace as being nothing missing, nothing lost, correct? Nothing broken. Nothing broken, sorry. Um, does that mean we'll never face pain, that we'll never be hurt, that we'll never have woundedness? What does that look like in terms of following God's peace and that promise for right. peace? And, and just to mix another question into that, if it doesn't get too complicated, is, is there a difference between the peace in the gospel and the peace of God? That's interesting. I did have two more points, but I kind of ran out of time on my sermon. One was going to be peace that we have with God, and the other was peace that we experience in in this world. But no, the Bible is clear that we will have trial, that we will have tribulation. And not every time we pray do we get the answers that that we believe and that we receive. But the peace of God is the peace that we have in spite of how circumstances look. The peace that Jesus could have when he went to the cross, the peace that the disciples had later on when they laid their lives down as martyrs. And it doesn't mean that we'll always 
be healed. It doesn't mean we'll always have um, answers to our prayers, but Jesus said, be of good cheer. You will have tribulation in this world, but I have overcome it, meaning everything that he went through on our behalf, he was able to endure. So everything that we go through, God gives us the peace in the middle of the darkest circumstances. Our brother that we prayed for fighting this this cancer, he has peace in the middle of it, even though it looks, you know, the circumstances don't look good and he's reaching people and touching people. We live in a broken and a fallen world and we have an enemy who hates us because we were created in God's image. But the peace of God allows us to keep going, to have our mind focused on God, to not be thrown off course and find ourselves in in the ditch. Yeah, amen. How about you, Pastor Roger? I just want to emphasize uh, what Doug did so well in the message by showing the preparation of the gospel of peace, putting on those shoes. Our brother he's referring to had put those shoes on long before he faced this major trial he's in. Mm-hmm. And that's where we put it on. We put on the presence of God. We put on the promises of God. We continue to saturate ourselves in him because when, we're, when the moment of battle comes, you won't have time to put your boots on mm-hmm. to find that peace. That peace has to be there before. Mm, amen. Um, everyone, we're running out of time. We're going to do one more question. I apologize to those of you whose questions we, we didn't get to. I'm getting a flood of questions here. Good. So I'm going to try and save some of them that might be better referenced later on in other messages coming up. And on top of that, some of them are a little complex to go through here on stage in just one sentence or two sentenced answers. So our last question would be, we've been praying, and this ties into a question we asked earlier, we've been praying that the the government turns around on godly policy, whether put in place by the current government or past governments, uh, but sometimes nothing seems to happen. Should we just go into politics? And how does this relate to how we bring the peace of God wherever we go, where we bring the shoes of peace into every situation we, we go into? What does that look like for the different mountains of ministry in, in people's lives? Sure. I, I think Pastor Roger touched on this about how we go into the world in every situation that we're in and we bring the gospel into that situation. So today, the illustration would bring, be we bring the peace of God into every situation. If we're a doctor, a lawyer, a construction worker, a pastor, a, a teacher, uh, you know, whatever the case, we bring and we carry the, the Holy Spirit with us wherever we go. And so that is so critical. And sure, we need political re- uh, leaders that are righteous and standing up for what's righteous. Like mm-hmm. Pastor OJ mentioned, when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. And so while we don't always have the final say because God is, is, um, has the final say in everything, we do our best where God has placed us to bring the peace of God into that world, into the, into the realm that we influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very well said. I think uh, just simply put, engage wherever God leads you mm-hmm. and keep praying. Yeah. Keep yeah. praying. Sometimes it takes a long time for the answers to come. Yeah. Yeah. The, re- the reference was 21 days. There were, uh, out of Daniel 10, there was a spiritual uh, uh, fight in the heavenlies. Mm-hmm. So keep praying and let God direct your prayers. Mm-hmm. Amen. And I, just, to, just to end with that, I think all of us are called to 
be engaged with our government to some degree or another, whether we've been called to enter into politics or uh, enter in as citizens. And I think of Esther entering into the courts full of the confidence of God, but with the humility that she's being used as a vessel, that it's not up to her, it's not her agenda, but she's a, a vessel for God. So thank you both very much for being on the panel today. Again, Pastor Doug, thank you for your message and both the practical and personal insight you brought to it. Next week, Pastor OJ is going to be talking about the shield of faith. We hope all of you can join us, whether here on per, in person or in our, our online church. Hopefully the weather is better as well. I'm going to close in prayer. Father, we come before you. We thank you that there's not some special ritual or incantation to engage with you on a personal level, that you use us as flawed human beings for the warfare conducted here on earth, that we're able to engage with you and lean on you and draw from your strength, that we bring that the peace of God into every situation we're engaged with, that it's not up to us to say the right words, it's not up to us to make the right choices, it's up to you to, to speak to us and it's up to us to, to listen for that voice, Father. Thank you that we're attentive to your Spirit's voice as we go into every situation this week. Thank you that we look for the peace of God into every situation we go into this week, whether at work or at home with our families, our neighbors, co-workers, at the grocery store, wherever we we go. We thank you that we would manifest and bring that peace with us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.